Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Accepted Authority Podcast. My name is Greg Roworth, and I'm your host on this podcast. And every week we talk about the challenges of growing a consultancy firm. And often that reflects back to the marketing process and how you attract the right sort of clients for you and our concept with this podcast is how you can do that, attracting your premium level clients by positioning yourself as the authority in the market. But this week, and uh, you'll have to excuse my croaky voice, I've come down with a bit of a cold this week, but hopefully we'll get through. This week, I've had several conversations with clients about three different times with various clients talking about the sales process. And what I've found is that no matter how well you've set yourself up as the authority and you've attracted interest and attracted sales meetings with potential clients who are very interested in your services, if you don't get the sales process right, you can easily undermine all the good work you've done up to that point. And what I find is that there's a real misconception around what the sales process is for a consultancy project or a consulting client. And I think we've come to that misconception in the main because of the way sales training is done, the way we've seen selling done to us, the way we've been taught even in sales courses or or sales training about how to sell. Now, those sales courses and the sales training are very good, and I've attended quite a number of them, so I talk from experience here. But what I have come to realise in undergoing that training and attending those courses is that I just can't sell like those people. I don't have it in me to overcome 15 different objections and keep persisting until someone says yes. I don't have it in me to convince somebody that they need my services. And maybe if I was a full-time salesman, I might be able to develop those skills. But salespeople today, in in the main, have roles that enable them to sell full-time. So the people that are selling to us in a professional capacity as a salesperson, in other words, they're employed as a salesperson, have the opportunity to hone their sales skills and develop their sales skills and be exceptional at selling. But for most of us in a consultancy world, we're not full-time salespeople. We're mostly focused on delivering service to our clients. And the sales role is, is just part of the process of getting to that point of having work to do in you know, having a client to serve. So sales may be you know, a minor part of your role. And it is for a lot of consultants where you're not selling five days a week. Maybe you're selling 
once or twice a week and maybe not even every every hour of that day you might have potentially two meetings with clients across a week and that's enough if you get this process right so what i've come to experience myself is stop trying to turn myself into a professional salesperson and in fact becoming good at selling is actually not the way to sell professional services being a good salesperson actually probably makes it more difficult to sell your consultancy services because your clients don't don't want to be sold to and when we try to sell in the traditional way that we understand selling it actually creates resistance in our clients and particularly if we've done the job of positioning ourselves as the authority and they see us as the authority and they've called us in to talk about their challenges and and see if we're the right fit to solve their problem if we start to sell them in that meeting it actually does undermine all that status we've built up it detracts from that authority because an authority doesn't need to sell authorities have people coming to them wanting to buy so if we start to sell our services in that situation we actually undermine that authority and even if we don't have that level of authority that i'm talking about if you're invited in to uh, present um we'll talk about an, an opportunity where you end up having to present a proposal trying to sell it at any stage of that process creates resistance and negativity in the client and undermines your opportunity to make a sale so how do we overcome that that situation how do we stop selling and in every situation this week where i've spoken to a client about how they um how they interacted in that sales conversation and in one case i was able to view a video of my client in that selling uh, session and what i see happening is that we are too quick to jump on opportunities that we see that we can make a sale on you know, so for example a client will come to us and talk about their situation talk about their challenge and almost immediately the temptation is to say yes i totally understand that problem we deal with that all the time here's how we can work with you to fix that and let me tell you about our services that we provide and by the way you know we've got all this experience and our qualifications are perfect to meet this this um challenge of yours and already we've we've created a blockage and a barrier in the minds of our clients when we when we jump on that opportunity that we see and start to sell ourselves just think of it and i've referred to this analogy a number of times in this podcast if you went in to see a doctor and spoke about the headache you have and 
ask the doctor to, um, you know, yeah, help, help you solve that headache. And the doctor immediately said, oh, yes, I totally understand. We see this all the time. There's a lot of it going around at the moment. Let me write out a prescription for some headache tablets and uh, and uh, a bit of a viral remedy, and uh, I'll send you on your way. You should be fine. Now, that doesn't instill a lot of confidence in me, and I'm sure it wouldn't in you if that's what happened when you went to see a doctor about a problem like that. And doctors don't operate that way, do they? They take their time. Now, they will say, okay, tell me more about that. Let me understand more about your situation. Tell me more about where the pain is. Tell me more about when you feel the pain. Tell me, uh, you know, so they're asking a number of questions. They're diagnosing your situation. And it's not until after they've diagnosed, they've prodded and probed and uh, made you feel even more uncomfortable and um, maybe made you undress to make you feel totally uncomfortable. But then they will recommend the solution, but not until they've done a thorough diagnosis of your situation and helped you understand that they're really taking it seriously and that they're using their knowledge and experience to diagnose that that problem and to come up with a, a likely um, cause and the likely remedy of that problem. So think about how can we emulate that in our sales meetings? Because that's really what we need to do if we're going to win that client's trust and win their business. So I've come up with a bit of an acronym that, <laughs> as you know, I'm fond of doing that describes this situation. So where I see a lot of selling as applying pressure, I see in selling consulting services, we need to do it with power. So the power acronym stands for, first of all, positioning yourself as the authority. Ideally, we've done that before the sale, but we also want to continue in that position through the sale. So we we don't want to come in and um, start to look like, you know, we're subservient and trying to win the business. As the authority, we need to remain the authority and have the client wanting to buy from us. So maintaining that position of authority is really important. And ideally, you know, before you get into that sales meeting, sending some educational content that, helps, again, position you in that authority position so the client understands more about where you're going to take them, what what the um, process is going to be, even before you start that sales meeting. Now, the O in that process is to own the agenda. And here's where I see a lot of consultants go wrong, is that they hand over control of the meeting to the client. So... You enter a meeting with a client, whether it's on Zoom or in a in an office or wherever it might be, in a coffee shop, doesn't really matter. These days it can happen anywhere. But you hand over control by saying, Tell me what you can what I can do for you. You know, why are we having this meeting? Now, there's a way to do that without giving away your authority. But the first thing you've got to do is own the agenda. You are the one 
who needs to run that meeting in the way you need to run it. So you can't hand over the control to your potential client and get them to run the meeting. What I've seen happening in that situation is that the meeting just sort of meanders from topic to topic um, based on what the consultant's whims are or maybe even based on some sort of framework you're trying to, to create, but it doesn't have any diagnostic capability within it. So in owning the agenda, we need to have that framework of our diagnostic process in mind, but set it up with the client so that we are in control of the agenda of that meeting and even telling them up front, here's what you expect, here's how you'd like the meeting to, to run, and here's what will happen through that process. And ask their permission for that. Asking permission is really important because, again, we don't want our clients to feel that we're trying to sell them. It's a two-way conversation, ideally a meeting of the minds where you're coming together in unity about the direction that the client and you need to take from here to overcome and solve that problem that client has. So on the agenda, make sure that you're in control of the meeting, that you're taking the meeting where you want it to go. The W is to win their trust. And again, we don't win our clients trust by making assertions about ourselves or our firm. We don't win their trust by talking about our experience, our qualifications, our expertise, the number of years, total 500 years experience within our firm. All of that is rubbish. Clients do not want to know or don't need to know or they have actually no interest in how long you've been in business and how long you've been doing this. What they want to know and how they win, how you win their trust is through that diagnostic process by first of all listening to the client and letting them know that you understand their situation. When the client feels understood, it automatically elevates the level of trust the client has in you. You don't have to make assertions if you show that you understand their situation. You understand what they're going through. You can talk about experience where experiences you've had with clients where you've dealt with the same problem and how you've tackled that problem, what their situation was, what you did to solve that problem. And when you do that, you avoid at the end of the conversation, like some of the clients that I was speaking to this week, is, well, tell me, who else you've done this work for before and can I talk to them? That, yeah, we don't want our clients to be disturbed by calls and people wanting to talk about, you know, what their experience was with us. Yeah, maybe they would happily have those conversations, but we don't want people to be interrupted all the time. They're busy people and, you know, ideally we, we want to avoid that situation. And besides... Often the client is or potential client is looking for something that they're not satisfied with and typically it's a level of mistrust because you haven't earned their trust, you haven't won their trust in that conversation. So they're looking for 
something to fill that gap. And even talking to clients of yours, I've found often isn't enough to fill that gap. They still have the doubt. They still have, well, my situation is not exactly like that client. So will this work for me? Those doubts arise. So we go back to winning their trust through our diagnostic process. And by that process, we actually demonstrate our credibility. We demonstrate our knowledge of their situation. We demonstrate our knowledge of how to solve their problem. That's what they want to know. They don't want to know our credentials or qualifications. They want to know, do you know what my problem is and can you solve it? And so building their confidence in that by winning their trust through our process is the key to any sale of your consultancy services. What tends to happen then at that point is winning their trust by understanding their situation and and showing our knowledge of it, the next step is to educate. So the E is to educate our client. So educating them around the solution. And often this will come about because there are lots of well-known solutions in the market and potentially your client has tried those solutions before. They've been to consultants who've delivered those solutions and they didn't get the results they were looking for. So by educating the client about what your solution is, why your solution is different, and why your solution will work without trying to sell it. We're not, again, there's no sense of selling ourselves in this process. This is all about education of why this process that we're going to take them through will get them the results. So it's really specific about their situation and you can overlay your methodology, your process, but build in the the impact of what happens if that um, situation of challenge to the client has is not solved. What's the advantage of fixing that? Try to get numbers around that. Try to get financial figures about the, the downside, the upside. If you can do that, you justify your fees. So educating around those aspects as well is really valuable when it comes to the end of the process where the R is for recommend your solution. So when you can recommend a solution that lines up, they already trust that the solution is right for them. They understand the value of the solution in terms of the financials so they don't have to worry about have they got it in their budget, how stupid would it be if they've got X to gain and only Y to to pay, wouldn't they find that in their budget? (laughs) You bet they will. So it's the questions, the objections that come up about we don't have it in the budget yet, let's plan for it. Or can we talk to some of your clients or present a proposal, write all this out and present it in a proposal means that you haven't won their trust. You haven't adequately educated them about the value so that when you recommend your solution, they're not really convinced yet. They're not sold. They're not ready to go ahead. So again, there's no element of selling in this process, but it is all about powerfully 
presenting the reasons why they should buy your solution by helping them to make the decision in a way that is all about them. It's all about their situation, their problem, their challenge, the way they're going to solve it. Can, can they solve it on their own or do they need your help? Now, when they can make those decisions and you can help them make those decisions in your sales process, in your power selling process, you don't get objections. You don't get delays. You don't get send me a proposal. You get when can we start? And that's the outcome that I think anyone wants in a consulting sales situation of coming together in a mutual agreement of, yes, this is what we want to do. When can we start this? And how do we how do we pay? You know, the, all of the, you know, the logistics of the process can be worked out. But, you know, coming to that agreement of this is what we want to do. We need to do this urgently. Can you help us? So that's the power selling process that avoids client resistance. It avoids that sales pressure. It avoids the, the objections that you might be running into now. It avoids having to present so many proposals. It avoids having your previous clients interrupted by people asking them, what did you find it like to work with X Y? That is the best solution that I've come up with and has really, as I've often said in the past, been the key to my success in growing and selling three consultancy firms in the past by having a process where we can consistently and predictably acquire clients and the power selling process is the key and the fundamental finish, finishing touch, the, the polish on top of the whole strategic authority marketing process to make sure that we don't undermine all the good work we've done in our marketing to get the client into a sales meeting to finish it off with grace and an eloquence and, well, a way that we're actually starting a relationship with a potential client that we want to work with for a long time. So hopefully my croaky voice hasn't put you off through this session. Um, I'm Greg Roworth. If you want to know more from me, uh, my website at businessflightpath.com good.com has plenty of information that you can find and access or LinkedIn, Facebook, just do a search for me on those platforms and you'll find my profile and you'll find plenty of valuable tips and content there that you can um, draw from. And if you want to get in touch with me to talk more about your situation, then I'm happy to, uh, to facilitate that and you'll find a way to, to make that happen. So that's it for our podcast today. This has been the Accepted Authority Podcast. I'm Greg Roworth. Catch you next week.